Hi, I'm Pastor Kenneth Lusanel of the Vivify Ministries, and it is my joy that your heart is awakened to the finished works of Christ with such powerful simplicity. Are you ready? All right, here we go. Hallelujah. Please be seated. Please be seated. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I want to first of all just say a big thank you to our wonderful ministers that came up this evening. I want to say a big thank you to Kates. I don't know if he's here. And I also want to say a big thank you to Minister Daniel Allen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you, Benjamin, for such wonderful gift you've given us. Thank you. Praise the name of Jesus. I want to start by saying that when we gather, we are better. Do you believe it? You know, she was saying something about how beautiful it is to be in a place where you can worship openly. It's not a joke. I have seen things in just this year, the hostility that comes with the gospel outside of this country. It's incredible. It's incredible. A lot of underground shelters in South Sudan and Zimbabwe where people are not allowed to worship like this. It's a beautiful opportunity. But when they gather, regardless of the persecution, they are stronger. Praise the name of Jesus. And tonight you'll be stronger for it in Jesus' name. What I want to do today with the short time I have, by the way, this conference called Ignite, yes, it is a prayer meeting. Yes, it is a worship meeting. And you've worshipped it well, haven't you? Have you had enough? Okay. But it's also a believer's meeting. And what is a believer's meeting? And I love the way Papa Hagen describes it. It's a meeting to give and take. It's a meeting where everyone has something to offer. And I think when we coin it as a believer's meeting, some people just, you know, I'm busy that day. I don't want to be put on the spot. I'd rather just stay at home and stream live. <laughs> Amen. This is not that day. You've come here. There's no way out. <laughs> Amen. You're going to love by the time we're done with this, you're going to love spirituals. You're going to love spirituals. You're going to love spiritual things. You're going to love to give the things that God wants us to give. You're going to learn to receive as well. Praise the name of Jesus. All right. Can you just open your Bibles with me quickly? We're going to read from the book of Acts chapter 6. I want to say a big thank you to all those who led prayers here as well. Very stirring, very edifying. Thank you so much. Acts chapter 6 from verse 3 to 5. Are you there? If you're there, shout shogologobango shit. Are you there or are you just like saying it? Acts chapter 6 from verse 3 to 5. Glory to God. Are you there? I'm seeing some new faces. I would love to meet you after this meeting, okay? All right, it says, Therefore, brethren... Seek out from among you seven men of good reputation. The backstory here is that Peter, John, and the rest of the crew, they were giving themselves to the word. They were giving themselves to prayer. But then Sister Bisi came and said, Oga, where is my Eba? And Titolu said, ah, Uncle Peter, the Eba going did not reach my side. What's going on? And these guys were stressed. What do you want us to do? We're going from town to town, city to city, trying to recruit more people, bring more people to the faith. And you want me to be serving you here? Is it Eba or is it Gary? Or is it, be you know? And we have priorities. And so they said, you know what? 
select seven people from amongst you. Just seven. Of perfection, are they? <laughs> of good reputation. Full of the Holy Spirit. And what? They had a career. So they were going to start investigating amongst the people. People who were what? Full of the Holy Spirit and what? Wisdom. Who we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word, which is their priority. And the same, please, the whole multitude. Yes, yes, okay, makes sense. We need to have some people who will serve the tables. And this is what happened. And they chose Stephen. Look, I love the way they singled this guy out. There, there were other guys, but it's, they said, let's, let's talk about this guy called Stephen. A man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. And then Philip, Bukharos, Nicanor, Timon, Kominas. I'm joking. They were equally important. But he called these other guys. The point I'm trying to make is this. They had, they had a criteria, or criterion, I beg your pardon, to choose out of the people, people that were full of the Holy Spirit and what? And wisdom. Do you think you'll say, okay, Holy Spirit, you want to find this several men? Tell us, tell us, where is it? If it is them, just give us a sign. Ah, you're the one. Let me see. Okay, this other. Beep. No, it's not you. There was something they could discern. Literally, there were people that they had fellowshiped with, eaten with. And so there was, it was discernible. Look at verse 10, verse 8 to 10. Look at what happens. After they selected these guys, by the way, these guys were called deacons. And Stephen, deacon sounds like he's one high class deacon. Literally, these guys were serving plates, like serving food to people. That's what their job was. <laughs> but to serve people, you need what? You need wisdom. <laughs> hey. You need wisdom, huh? It says, and Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. This ordinary server was doing what? Not just wonders and signs. He was doing great. The kind of people say, what? How are you doing these things? I thought you were just a, 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 a bus boy or a waiter. What are you doing? How are you doing these things? And then that's when they, they started to, to rise against him, disputing with him. But they said, the Bible says in verse 10, and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. So they decided to come up with lies. They couldn't resist this guy. But this, what, this, this thing tells me that somehow in the body of Christ, everyone's role is important. Literally, what his role was, I don't know what to be today, whether it to be called a protocol work or, or usher, I don't know. Welfare, right? Welfare. That someone from the welfare team is giving people tickets. He's giving people gifts, healing people, going on the streets, telling people who are lame to walk. Probably even raising the dead. Ah, I've come to the conclusion. There must, there must not be any ordinary member in the church. There's nothing like that. There shouldn't be. You cannot be ordinary, especially in this ministry. Every one of you. And let, guess what? The truth is, it's not by your temperament. If God used us according to our temperament, I will not be holding this mic. I'm not naturally an extrovert. I'm not. It shock you. <laughs> I'm not. 
But there's something that God does, regardless of your strengths, your weaknesses, your unique personalities, he can use you for, your, for his glory. Do you believe that? There can be no ordinary member in God's body. No ordinary member. Because you have his spirit. You have his spirit. You have his power. The problem is never the power. You know, there was, there was something that Jesus said. He said, look, the harvest is plenty, but what? The laborers are few. And he told them to, make it, to pray a prayer that God will bring more laborers. But the answer to that prayer is people saying yes. Praise the name of Jesus. I want to make you uncomfortable with mediocrity when it comes to spiritual things. Let's open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I came with some gifts, by the way. I came with some gifts. Just two, actually. Just two. Thank you, Jesus. I want your expectation to be so high. Even as the word is going on right now, you can receive what you came for. You're in that presence. You're here. It's holy ground. Thank you, Jesus. Are you there? First Corinthians 12. I want to do a quick teaching on this. I want to help you understand how spiritual things work because we're going to demonstrate. We literally have one hour to go for this. We're going to dish out the spirit. We're going to flow in the spirit and you will love it. That's the beautiful part. You won't be nervous. You will love it. First Corinthians chapter 12 from verse 5. Are you there? It says, there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for what? For the profit of all. And then he goes on to list. We're going to talk about those things, by the way. But here's what I see. I see the words, diversities of what? Activities. Differences of ministries. And then what else? Manifestation of the Spirit, right? This is how, this is the best way I can describe it. So there are people who once upon a time will say, Ah, God, what's wrong with me? The only gifts I have tapped into, by the way, there are nine gifts that were mentioned here. And some of you will just be like, ah, God, I've done the number one one now, the speaking in tongues one. But there's eight more to go. What's going on? And then someone in the church will say, uh, how far, how are you? How's your devotion? How are you in spiritual things? I say, ah, thank God, <laughs> I can speak in tongues. God is giving. Ah, just, just, that, just that, just speaking in tongues. Ah, okay, come up, come up higher. There's just can do more. I, by the grace of God, with all humility, I do, you know, just, just the nine gifts. I do everything. I heal the sick. I raise the dead. Uh, but you'll get there. You'll get there. It is well. Eh? It is well with you. Somehow, when I, when I was growing up, trying to understand spiritual things, and thank God I've been exposed to spiritual things all my life. I grew up in the church. So I've seen things. And even sometimes the, the methods are unconventional, but the results show they say, people are falling. <laughs> people are receiving blessings, right? It's beautiful. But I felt that it was some sort of a thing for status. That if the guy who can do seven gifts, you are way higher than the guy who's just doing two. But when you understand that the gifts of the Spirit are not about you, but the person who needs them, then you will flow more in the gifts of the Spirit. There's an example I use. 
how many of you have had a DSTV decoder before? Or it's just Netflix now? You've had, you know how DSTV operates. I find that sometimes when I have needs part time, maybe I want to watch the news. I watch the news, I go to CNN. I want to watch Cartoon Network, I go to Cartoon Network. I want to watch a movie, I go to Hallmark and Mnet and all those other ones. What I see is that as my needs arise, one decoder can supply all those needs. You have the decoder, it's the Holy Spirit. That's all you need, that's the only possession. You don't necessarily possess the gifts. They're called, they're called ministrations, administrations of the Spirit. You administer them. Literally, gifts of the Spirit are, are tangible. And the reason why they are gifts is because you are giving them to someone. Do you understand? First of all, you, the gift you receive is the Holy Spirit. But based on the need, you switch the channel. You switch the channel. And you meet those needs. Amen. Do you understand that analogy? Let's look at what these gifts are very quickly. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory to God. <laughs> it's such a gift to have the Spirit of God, isn't it? All right, so still at 1 Corinthians 12. And then it goes on to say, for, for to one is given what? The word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another what? The word of knowledge. You know what that is, right? Let me just explain it for, for those who don't know. The word of knowledge is how... God can reveal something that was once not revealed. So someone might know something, might not know something. Sorry, I beg your pardon. Someone might have something that, that bothers them and they have a need, and you supernaturally just know without them even telling you. That's a word of knowledge. But the word of knowledge normally is accompanied by what? The word of wisdom to tell you how to deal with that problem. It might be that there's, a, there's one old woman in your family. Maybe that's word of wisdom. Pray against that one. Or start drinking water. That heart failure is because you're not drinking water. It's, it could be as drastic as that. So, but you understand the difference, right? Then it says, through the same spirit. Can you see that? To another faith by the same spirit. Faith such that you can move mountains. The kind that is so contagious. It cannot be stopped by anything. To another gifts of healings by the same spirit. To another the working of miracles. What, what, what constitutes a working of miracles? Raising the dead, feeding 5,000, walking on water. To another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, which comes in handy all the time. The Bible says that you shall cast out devils in his name, right? Mark 16, verse 17. But the question is, how would you know that there are demons to cast if you cannot discern them, right? So there's discernment of spirits. Sometimes someone is speaking. There was someone I had a conversation with. I was so troubled. This was... Uh, about three years ago, we were just in one corridor, and this person was talking to me. I was saying, you see, the word is life, and life is the word. There's truth, that the truth is what truth is, but you cannot, I'm trying to remember the conversation, but truth cannot be hidden, because truth is darkness. And da you, This is what this person was saying. As I was trying to entertain the person, I was like, okay, let's have a conversation, but in that moment, I was like, no, in the name of Jesus, <laughs> be free. Immediately, the person fell down, manifested all of that. They, they carried the person inside the office. Because not everything everyone says is inspired by God. Discern. Some things that you're facing in your life, in your family, are not, are not normal. It's not natural. It's demonic activity, and you need to be able to discern them and deal with them. The next one is this. 
different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. And, you know, people come up with this, this idea that, you know what, at the end of the day, it's what the Holy Spirit wants that He will do. If the Holy Spirit wants to use me, He will use me. If He doesn't want to use me, He will not use me. But this is what I want to teach you. I want to teach you how to grow in the spirituals. I want to teach you how to influence how often you walk in the Spirit. Do you know you can do that? You have a direct influence to how much you flow in the Spirit. And number one way to grow in spirituals, number one is desire. Number one is desire. I'm giving you all this knowledge because it will, the knowledge you have directly influences how you flow in the Spirit. Desire. You attract what you desire. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that we just read, verse 31 says this. It says, but earnestly desire what? The best gifts. Earnestly. Is there anything you've ever desired in your life? It could be a person or a thing. <laughs> oh, you know what I'm saying. Aha. When you desired something that it's the priority of your mind, it's there 24-7. If you really desire spiritual things, it will show. It will show in your speech. It will, it will show in your prayer points. If someone hears you praying, they can tell. If you have, see, if someone has a need, look at someone like Hannah. She had a need. She had a desire. And anyone looking at her would have known what the situation was because it was the priority of her prayers. You can do that with spiritual things. Some of you here that want to do better with, with the things of healing, you can desire that. Some of you want to be better in the prophetic. You can desire that. Praise the name of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 14 from verse 1 says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. So that's number one, desire. Let it show that you want this thing really. You really want to walk in the things of the Spirit. You want to flow in the gifts of the Spirit. Number two, be available. Be available. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 from verse 19 to 20. This is what it says. It says, do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Do not quench the spirit. Do not quench the spirit. And many of you, I will need you to obey this scripture today. You will get promptings. I, I share the story a lot. How, you know, we're in a, I was in a meeting in school and we're holding hands together. And there was this lady beside me. And somehow I just couldn't focus anymore a name was coming to my mind it was Dio Dio I was like ah. which one is this now okay okay don't quench the spirit hi hello sorry excuse me um, who is Dio she was like Dio I don't know what you're talking there's no Dio I don't know what you're saying <laughs> She just ignored me. I said, okay, okay. Nice one. Nice one, Holy Spirit. And then as we were praying, she now said, um, but there's a tire. I said, okay, who is tire? She said, I'm not sure I want to talk about it. I said, eh. Now we're on to something. The fear of missing out and being wrong has limited many people from flowing in the things of the Spirit. I'd rather you are obedient. I beg your pardon. I'd rather that you are wrong than disobedient. I'd rather that you make a mistake than you do not try at all. Once you get a prompting from the Spirit, obey. Obey. Might be a word. And look at the story of Samuel. 
You look at the story of Samuel, what did you see? When the Lord called him the first time, Samuel. No, it's, it's deeper than that. Samuel. <laughs> I've lost my voice. Samuel. Samuel. And it sounded like an ordinary voice. So he went to Eli. Eli, ah, did you call me? No. Go back to bed. Samuel. Samuel. And then he came back. Eli, you called me. What's happening? He said, go back. No, I didn't call you. Third time. Samuel. Ah, this is Eli's voice. And sometimes God will speak to you through things that are familiar. You got to have dreams of people you know, but he's trying to communicate with you. And then he goes back. Eli. You called me, I'm sure of it. And Eli, having experience, says, you know what? This reminds me of me. The Lord is trying to call you. I don't know why, but when he speaks, respond. And when Samuel responded, I said, here I am, your servant. I list, I'm listening to you. What did the Bible say? And then the Lord spoke. Ah, it's a powerful secret. When you respond, you might have a word. It could be job, job. God, is this Steve Jobs or what? What are you talking about? And you just talk to the person. Is there anything about your job? As you say that, it's like the floodgates open. You've opened yourself. You've shown yourself that you are available for the Lord to use. And more words start to come. More information starts to come. That's how it works. But if the Spirit of God distributes as He wills, let me tell you, He distributes as He wills to those that are available. If you're not available, if you've not predisposed yourself, to be ready to give, to share, to supply, you will never see it except by the mercy of God. So number one is what? Oh, are you awake? Number one is what? And number two is what? Be available. Oh my goodness. Be available. It's something to hunger for. Love spiritual things. It's not an opportunity. It's not a time to make you afraid or nervous or ashamed. It's a time to meet needs. Oh, number three, build your altar. Number three, build your altar. James chapter 5 from verse 16 says this. It says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man does what? It avails much. There, you have power, but... And, and that's why many of you have experienced this. While you have the power, when you come to a meeting where that power is stirred up through prayer or worship, things happen. And so there's a place to pray and commit yourself to the Lord in that way. Have you not noticed that whenever there was some sort of spectacular miracle, the Bible indicates the spiritual situation of those apostles. When Peter was going... Uh, healed the man, the lame man at the beautiful gate. Where was he going to? He was going to church. <laughs> he was going to the synagogue to pray. Another time, Paul healed someone with a similar case. He was going to the synagogue to pray. Your, your devotional life is important. I honestly believe, I know we say oh, we have power, there's nothing else we can do and undo. Go and pray. Oh. <laughs> pray. I'm not saying spend 12 hours before you can, you know, there was someone... Okay. No, no, let me not share the story. But, but the, the, the thing is, you should pray. Your prayer life really commands the supernatural. Many times, I know you've prayed. You've prayed for that healing for someone. You've tried to get someone to, to be healed. You've tried to maybe just share a word of knowledge. 
Your devotion is shaking. I really believe that devotion, what devotion does is it builds your faith in the Lord. Have you not noticed that when you pray very well, there are some things you can do and, and say that you couldn't have done un unless you have prayed. It gives you the audacity to believe God. It gives you the audacity to believe God. Build your altar. Build your altar. Number four. Oh, this one seems very basic, but it's super important. Number four, love people. Love people. Love people. I think we, we as, a, as a body, we need to learn how to step out of that circle called you and just be part of other people's lives. When you have a genuine concern for someone, truly you want to know how they are and you pray for them, you will know things. God will tell you things. God will equip you with some of the things that they need, if not all. Be involved in people's lives. Many times, the reason why I can reach out to people or check in on people for specific things is because I pray for people. I have a prayer list. I pray for people. I think about them. It helps me flow in the things of the Spirit easily. Praise the name of Jesus. Love people. I want to read a scripture to you. Ephesians chapter 4. If you can open this one with me, let's go together. Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 29. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Are you there? All right. Can we read from the... Which version? Okay, I'm sure we're all with different versions. Maybe I'll just read from, from the Amplified. There's something that I love there. It says, Let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth that's hard <laughs> but only such speech as is good and beneficial to spiritual progress of others as is fitting to the need and the occasion that it may, me, may be a blessing and grace to those who hear it he's saying that look every opportunity to have a conversation is an opportunity to bless someone I know it's okay to laugh and joke He's saying there's an intentionality with which you communicate with people now. Always think edification. How can I be a blessing to you in this conversation? How can I turn and redirect that conversation to minister to you? It could be as simple as a word of encouragement and exhortation and say, God is with you. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Fix your eyes on God's promises. Take advantage of every single conversation you have on the phone, in the streets, in your school, in your place of work. To be a blessing to someone. It's powerful. This is one way to show love to people. And number five. Practice. <laughs> practice. Practice. And this is how the body of Christ, this is how we get stronger. You need to take opportunity of every situation to minister to people. You have an opportunity right now to do that. Be the one that will say, I, Lord, I'll do this. I don't know how to do it, but I'll do it anyways. And the next time I'll do it again. And I'll do it again. And as I'm doing it, I get better. See, let me be honest with you. Spiritual things don't take time for you to grow in them. If you have the heart to do them. They don't take time. It's not like in the gym. Before you start to see that bicep, how many, how many months? Uh, Kelechi, how many months? I wish I could, this guy used to intimidate me. He would go to the gym, 
He will carry, uh, what's that thing called? The deadlift, uh, the barbell. And he will just boom, boom. You're now going, yeah, that's how it's done. Yeah. But how long did it take you? Remove that cap. How long did it take you? Like maybe some several months. With spiritual things, it just, you just need to practice daily. Just try daily. In one month, you're good to go. Are you following what I'm saying? Don't be afraid to lago. Tell your neighbor, don't be afraid to lago. Just, just be ready to minister. Amen. We have a family here that, look, even if you come and lago, we'll laugh at it that moment, but that's the end. That's the end. You're trying. You know, but you're trying anyways. At least Peter got out of the boat. He sank, but he got out. He was the only one. We are so quick to laugh at people who try. But it will be better if they keep at it. I want you to practice. This is another opportunity for you to practice. All right? I want to pray for everyone. And then after that, we're going to just divide ourselves into like five, groups of five, and minister to everyone in that place. It's a believer's meeting. And the thing about gifts of the Spirit is they are actually more tangible than actual gifts. You know, when Paul was speaking to Timothy, he said, don't forget to stir up that gift that was given to you. The, the, the Greek word said deposited in you. Like it was put inside of you by the laying on of hands. It's very tangible. Many times you just say, oh, it's just spirit things. Let's just go, oh, thank you, Lord, I've received. It's a gift. You literally have it and you are with it. And that thing grows in you and grows you. So don't think that the next person beside you is just an ordinary person. This is someone who carries God's spirit. And the way God works is that we need each other. Even the pastor needs body as much as the body needs the pastor. And we're going to do something. I need your help today. I need you to do something, but I'll let you know. All right. Praise the name of Jesus. Are you ready to receive? Can you just stand up right now? I am super confident that this has been a blessing to you. Keep praying with it and let these words drive you to action to live in the fullness of the will of God for your life. Stick around for more. God bless you. I love you.